for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Tiburus. 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 Today's episode is a reading update. Yes, we're doing another one because we're trying to keep on top of it. And against brand. We're being a bit too... We've been slightly reading. Yeah. Check like, us out. The more we talk about books, the more we read them. Maybe this will help you read more, and then we'll all become non-unbranded, and we'll have to change our name to the Unlazy Book Lovers or something. <laughs> but we'll always have huge TBRs, because we can never read as much as what comes out. So. Yeah. I mean, my TBR is yeah fills half my wall. <laughs> I've got to recount mine, because I counted it at the beginning of the mm. year, and I've been adding on yeah. and taking it. But I think I need to do a proper recount, yeah. but I'm on like... I can't even... Three, 400 unread, probably, at this point. Because I'm, like, double stacked on the bottom shame shelves. <laughs> I actually don't even know how much is in here. I've never counted. Yeah. I've got to um, start moving my books from the bottom two shelves in my bookcase because mm-hmm. the little one has started moving. Oh, And no. she wants books because Mummy reads books, so I want books. That's nice. Love her. <laughs> But I forgot that I had to do that with my son when he was younger, and I'm like, ah, I really can't lose two shelves of books, <laughs> two like bookshelves. Like, I tuned out this I, phase. I need. Where am I? Yeah, gonna didn't put these you books? put all his books on the bottom shelf in the end or something? Yeah, that was your solution. Yeah, yeah and I might have to do that with hers. I can't imagine she has quite the destructive force that the little boy had, but maybe I'm wrong. No, but. She, did accidentally tear a page in a library book and I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh felt that. Oh, I'm gonna have to admit <laughs> to that soul. when I drop it off. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So she's got a, she's, she was given loads of those, that's not my books, mm. like, that's not my dinosaur. And um, my son reads them to her and oh. shows her where to touch and my heart. He is. I should really start um also logging the books I read to my son because yeah. I, I read some I'll tell you what I read some <laughs> of them. <laughs> um so my son has got really into animal arc books and I remember reading yeah, I said to him, I used to read those books. books, yeah. I was like, I used to get these from the library and read them. Oh my heart. Yeah, I was obsessed with them. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> So it's really cute, re- 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 like reading them with him. It's a new character now. Yeah, but yeah, I love it. Oh my god! So the adult books or YA books I've been reading recently. Mm-hmm. I won't do the kids books. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny though. I don't think. How much would you? How big would your um, read count be if you included all the kids books? I mean, we do at least three to four books a day. <laughs> so yeah, and then. My daughter's books. So if that's not mine, that's not mine. I read them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I have got uh, four. I've got four. Oh my ah! god! <laughs> Check us out. Oh, you, you feeling like going first? Oh, go on then. Because I've got a really funny named one first. Yes, yeah. yes. I've been waiting for you to talk about this one. <laughs> so um, I read Bored Gay Werewolf by Tony Santarella. And this came out at the beginning of this month, maybe like 
the fifth, maybe something like that. I can't remember, but I read it. I, I read it and reviewed it literally like the day after it came out or something. Um, oh, this was so fun. Yeah, I this thought really fun. just by the cover and by the title, I was like, I bet that's I've actually be a got good two book. copies of this now as well. Really? Yeah, because I got one in a book box. <laughs> um, so, Board Gay Werewolf follows um, Brian. He's an aimless slacker and he works. Um, at a bar and he's like a waiter at a bar um and so he when we join him we know that he's dropped out of college um he is kind of just aimlessly surviving but barely Mm. um him and his work colleagues who he doesn't have friends but they're his work colleagues that he spends a lot of time with they go out drinking every day after work and drink a lot so he drinks a lot I've recently discovered that since I don't drink much anymore, I I don't like reading scenes that are about really? drinking. Yeah, it makes me feel a little bit queasy now. Are you just picturing like stale beer spell and like stale ash? Or... I think yeah, I think I'm just imagining like the morning after, and I'm just like, mm. I don't know. Just oh my god, yeah. I mean, I obviously still do go out and things, but not as often. And then I did a big out-out at the start of the month, and they had, like, really, really cheap um, double Bacardi Uh-oh. and lemonades. Uh-oh. And I was like, well, it's cheap, and I'm British, so I'm like, I must yeah. drink. I'm still in my uni mindset. <laughs> You're well, like, yeah. yeah, it's cheap, I must drink. Um, and, like, usually I start to stop, and I, like, pause and have water, or I just don't, like, I won't drink anything for like yeah. an hour, and then I'll have one more. And I just didn't do that this time. I got really swept up in the occasion. <laughs> And I got home and I was like, oh no. You know when you're like, I know I'm too drunk to go to bed because mm. this would be bad. Yeah. Um, so I like forced myself to stay awake long enough to eat and drink a little. Um, but oh god, it's awful. And I had the, it's the worst hangover I can ever remember having. I don't really get that bad hangovers. I get tired. Mm. But I don't feel hungover. I felt, I felt it in like, in my bones in like your soul you know you're like i'm never gonna be well again that's how i felt i was like this is my life now i'm gonna be like this forever (laughs) yeah i think just because like now i uh obviously i get migraines i don't Mm. know if i've mentioned this but i get a lot of migraine attacks now um and i don't get much sleep and as much water as i drink i still am always dehydrated Mm. the thought of dealing with a day after drinking yeah. When I already feel like I have a lot of drinking effects anyway. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, I just I've read a lot of books recently that have characters that mm. drink a lot and those scenes have actually been horrible to read. Mm. Like uncomfortable. More even more so than like some of the horror I read. Oh yeah, you read like mm. real body horror, but you seem to be more of a visceral reaction to this. Yeah, but when I'm reading about people drinking pint after pint or whatever, I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so weird. Because yeah, I used to be a big drinker. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Wait, British. <laughs> well, the place the place you worked was that you were working there at the time we became friends. Mm. Obviously, there was the whole there was like you were all the same age. Mm. You would all regularly just after work after your shift go out for a drink, and that was just the routine you were in. Like a lot of British working people, I guess, yeah. of a certain age. And if you're new here, you may not know that I have depression, <laughs> and um, until I started getting that under wraps, I had um, a lot of 
self-medication <laughs> of an alcoholic variety yeah so i don't know it just takes me back and like i think i have like this thing where i feel guilt when i drink mm. and i guess it's probably related to that because i used to wake up and be like what did i do last night yeah i don't remember and i'd always have like a panic that i'd done something silly yeah. so now i just feel guilty when i drink i don't know it's just it doesn't seem to be my lifestyle anymore yeah which is I, don't fine. Know. I don't know i think because i have never blacked out or forgotten a night mm. and i don't know whether it's just by habit i just never drank enough or i don't know but I, so i think for me it was because that never happened to me i was always like well i know exactly what i did last night yeah. i have nothing to be anxious about the next day yeah um, i have a very bad memory um mm. trauma trauma yeah. response so yeah. yeah i i lose memories of stuff all the time i mean i my son is five and i already can barely remember the first year of his life that might be normal for mums because mm. you're like you know just giving birth going on as well. but yeah and i'm like so disappointed like i look at my daughter and i'm like i don't remember this part with my son and then I'm like in five years am i not going to remember this with her who knows i don't know i think your stress levels i mean obviously not to you not that it's any less hard like a baby's still hard i feel like you were less stressed this time around because you like trusted yourself yeah and as a parent um, whereas i think you were very much and i had to just yourself. i still had a five-year-old so i had to just get on with life yeah. really <laughs> um yeah so anyway brian and his colleagues go out drinking Ooh, that was a, a real tangent sorry <laughs> um and then for some reason like once a month he just disappears on a night out and mm. they're used to him just disappearing on a night out um and it turns out it's because he turns into a werewolf <laughs> so um you find out that like and um, when he was at college he started turning into a werewolf which is why he had to drop out of college um and it's why he moved cities because he couldn't be around his family because mm. he didn't want to hurt them slash didn't know how to explain to them that he was now a werewolf yeah uh, yeah and um one night he uh has a little slip up in that he murders someone oh little boo boo little boo boo and uh the next day a gentleman comes into the bar and starts talking to him um this gentleman is called tyler and it turns out that he is a he is a werewolf who wants to be a were mentor <laughs> so um they kind of he wants to it's like fight club um <laughs> kind of vibe yeah so he wants to create a society of werewolves yeah so that they can all like support each other and blah 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 and brian gets all swept up in it because he's been very alone mm. um and he's never met another werewolf so he meets tyler tyler starts getting him in like good shape it gets him on a workout routine gets him eating properly mm. um gets him thinking about his future should he get a proper job like this kind of stuff should he go back to school because he was studying business um and Brian gets very swept up in it and his work colleagues mm. are like we don't like you since Tyler's come along like we're happy we're good we're happy for you to like do better for yourself, yourself yeah but we don't like Tyler and we don't trust him and um yeah and in, in a kind of fight club sense it it's very like toxic masculinity yeah and it's a really good kind of um a discussion on how the self-help community can be almost mm. cult-like yeah 
and really draw you in and, and the fitness community exactly yeah, yeah. so it's kind of it, it was really fun it was very millennial mm. it was fantastic it was it was a really really fun read also, i read it in like a day I obviously it. like the whole the fitness thing is can be quite a significant part of gay culture as well from like mm-hmm. my friends that are obviously gay they sort of tell me about this it's very much there's a certain aesthetic that you have to conform to yeah and if you don't depending on what circles you run in it cannot be always that pleasant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so i guess it kind of alludes to that maybe a bit yeah i mean the the guy tyler is very much um kind of well he's a wealthy conservative white man Mm. He may turn into a werewolf, but all of his friends are also wealthy, conservative, white people. Mm. And there's a certain element that runs through it as well. Like the London Tech Bros. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and a little bit like... um, Yahtzee-related, perhaps? It's, it's a good read. Okay. Yeah, it was really fun. Interesting. I, that is not where I thought that was going. No. Mm. And I think it's his first book, and I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant debut. Yeah. I would, I'm would. i like really excited to see what clever. else he comes out with. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got two copies of this now. If you look at the cover, it's really cool. It's, like, got... You've obviously mm. seen it. It's, like, neon green and purple, and then the, um, the flaps on the inside are neon green. Oh, okay. But the hardcover is purple. And I was I wanted to paint the edges, yeah. and I couldn't decide because I've got neon green and purple paint, and I couldn't mm. decide which to use. Now I'm going to do one of each and see which one oh, I like best, nice. and then I'll just gift the other one to someone else. So yeah, it was a really fun read. Loved it. Yeah, the cover reminds me of like a goose goosebumps style cover. Yeah, the cover's brilliant. Oh, I, yeah, it was just really really. Yeah, that's not what I thought that was going to be at all. I thought it was just going to be a silly little book, yeah. and it made me think about so much more mm-hmm. than that, and I really appreciated it. Yeah, yeah, obviously, because obviously, where I'm dating someone in London, and I go to London, and I see them all in their bloody suits outside, all standing, holding the same pint, looking like a copy paste of each yeah. other out of the pubs, and I'm like, "You're doing this every day, probably." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, kind of it's like a part it's a little of bit embarrassing for non-british people it's just a, you know a part of that london culture if you're of a certain age um that's why we say the tech bros because it yeah. is like tech techie people lawyer people or like the yeah like the finance people finance and, yeah because yeah, there's massive finance districts in london really usually the guys that pretend they're nice guys on dating mm. apps but they're mm. actually toxic like, women shit. don't want nice men like yeah yeah because if they did i would have any woman I wanted mm. oh you're nice are you like so nice that you, all you do is talk about how you're over six foot and how much you earn like yeah sure <laughs> but they're all sort of all go to this this like the London tiny pubs that have don't have enough indoor seating and they all stand outside with so their they're pints. all outside yeah. in the curb the curb because that's legal here with their pints and you would just see them all and they're all in the same bloody suits as each other it looks like a funeral or something yeah <laughs> and they all kind of line the pavements when you're in London yeah and it's a very kind of normal site and everyone drinks they, they work till 6pm and then they'll drink till like 9, 10 and they'll go home and that's and, and they do that do every day again. yeah mm. um, so yeah not, not my lifestyle gotta say I think I would have I would have liked that obviously mm. not with the bros but yeah. like 
that social culture I probably would have liked out of uni when I first, like, if I'd have moved to London or something, so coming to where we live, which is out just outside of London. I would have liked the finance side of it. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> right. So. Tell me. You've, we have talked about this in the podcast before, but I feel like you read it long enough ago that it's fine. And um, you might have different opinions anyway. Legends and Lattes Yay! by Travis Baltry. Well, I hope Baldry. you don't have different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we're not going to have different opinions about this. Uh, so let me read the description, even though we have mentioned this a few times now. Why did my Do Not Disturb just turn on? Okay. Because it knows that you don't want emails coming through. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'll read the description. High fantasy with a double shot of self-reinvention. Worn out after decades of packing steel and raising hell, Viv the Orc Barbarian cashes out of the warrior's life with one final score. A forgotten legend, a fabled artefact, and an unreasonable amount of hope lead her to the streets of Thune, where she plans to open the first coffee shop the city has ever seen. However, her dreams of a fresh start, pulling shots instead of swinging a sword, are hardly a sure bet. Old frenemies and Thune's shady underbelly may just upset her plans. To finally build something that will last, Viv may will there. Viv will need some new partners and a different kind of resolve. A hot cup of fantasy slice of life with a dollop of romantic froth. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's just about an orc. sets up a coffee shop with a succubus. It's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> it's such. It's such like a. Oh, it's just, it is just cosy. It's cosy. It's it heartwarming. Is. It was cosy. It was cute. And obviously when the big, like, the big climactic movement happens and everyone comes together to help her, I was like, oh! Like, I'm genuinely like, oh! Yeah, and so there is a big climactic moment, which but it's kind not of... that high stakes. But it is in the book, but it doesn't feel high no. stakes. Because you just... It's so cosy. You're like, it's fine. And everyone just, like, takes care of her in that moment when the the big moment happens. And everyone's like, oh, just, like, you're this big orc lady, but come here. <laughs> Did... Um, when I was talking about it, uh, I was trying to be careful of not giving away too much because I knew you were going to read mm. it. So did I yeah, struggle yeah. that line okay? Yeah, Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, uh, obviously, you just, you just kind of said, like, things from the past come up, which is, mm. like, a fairly good description of what happens. Yeah. Um... Which is the big moment. But, yeah, it's just... I honestly drank so much fucking coffee while I was reading this. Oh, Jesus right, yeah. Christ. It makes you so it wanting was, I'd just literally be reading at, like, midnight, and I'd be like, oh, oh I just really need a coffee right really now. <laughs> I, there's a, uh, like, a cat in it, which I yeah. loved. Did you do it as an audio? No, I, um, Kindle. Kindle. Um, I paid for it, actually. It wasn't yeah. even on Kindle Unlimited. Oh. Just, I was it. feeling it. I was feeling yeah. something cute and cosy and like easy reading. Yeah. It's quite short. Yeah, I think it's, it's like, like a five-hour audio book. It's like... 318 pages yeah. on the digital edition. Um, it's just, it is what, it is what they say. It's just It's cute, it's sapphic, fancy. but it's not like... I don't know, it's, it's almost like a... It's very natural, the romance is part of the story. Like, it just kind of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like a main theme of the story. It's just like... Oh, inevitable. The, the little baker. <laughs> yeah. What's he called? Thimble. Thimble, Thimble like yeah. That. Oh, I And, like, it. the inventing of, like, cakes to go with the coffee. Mm. And, like, the all this kind of, of stuff. Coffee, like, the iced coffee, the takeaway coffee. It's just cute. Yeah. Yeah, and like the fact you should see uh befriends like the mafia boss. Yeah. 
camp. It's just camp. Yeah. Is yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was very very cute. Um, are you gonna read the prequel when it comes out? Potentially. I've got an arc of it. I need to read. Yeah. Yeah, comes out in like August or September, I think. Oh, just yeah, not much. Uh, it was just a really enjoyable read. It was really cute. Just ten out of ten, she'd read. <laughs> yeah, if you like fantasy, it's it's just if you like if you like high fantasy, but without all like the soul destroyingness of like it making you sad. I think like even though it's high fantasy, I think it's soft enough that mm. it would be a good beginner's fantasy, fantasy bit, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just cute. I, I love loved it. it. I loved it. Um. I think I will. I, I obviously we did a cozy fantasy Rex list for an episode. Go listen to it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember mm. what episode number it was, but it was recent. Um, I might sort of have a little look through because some of them are on Kindle Unlimited or are free on Audible. So yeah, because there's such a big list of them now. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I might delve into some more. Episode seventy four, cozy fantasy book Rex. If it's got a really big plot for. a it's got a really big plot for a book that's plotless. Love it. We don't, we don't pick short titles for our episode. I can't even remember which book we were describing then. No. <laughs> but episode 74, go back and listen. I if think you I might already. be Star of Sea. Oh, probably, yeah. Because you like Star of Sea and you pick that title. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's probably definitely. why you picked the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my first one. Oh, lovely. Okay. Okay, I read a book that's been on my TBR for, well, since it came out in 2021. Okay. And I finally got around to it. The Appeal by Janice Hallett. So... Were you talking about No, this is a um, murder mystery thriller. And she's got a third one that's come out now. So I've been meaning to read them. So I finally started. So I read the first one. And they are all... um, they're all murder mystery thrillers and they all have a mixed media element. Okay. So this one, so I recommend for all of them, if you can, get a physical and audio at the same time. So mixed media, for people who don't know, what does that mean? Okay, so for the example, the first one, the whole entire thing is written, you're reading emails mm. and message exchanges and that is the yeah. whole book. Um, the second one is a podcast, so you're reading podcast transcripts, so I've been told yeah. it's very good to listen to the audio with that one. And the third one, I think if I remember correctly, it's like a cold case, so it's written as um, extracts from true crime books. Oh, okay. So yeah. none of it follows like a linear narrative, and none of it, it's all done through that medium. Very bitty as well, mm. yeah. So the first one, The Appeal, it's about a murder in a small village. Well, it's not really a small village, but it's kind of like got small British village vibes. Yeah. Like, think of Midsummer Murders. If you haven't watched Midsummer Murders, do it. Um, and uh, <laughs> So someone is murdered and they um, are a part of an um, amateur dramatics group. Oh my God, I want to join an amateur and they're also a um, a nurse in like hospice care, and they also potentially have something from their past. They used to do. Um, they used to work in. I can't remember where they worked. They used to do um, like Doctors Without Borders type thing in another country. Okay. I can't remember where it is now. So um, yeah, the the whole thing it starts from like. 
uh, the very beginning, it's like email trains, mm-hmm. um, people discussing like auditioning for the play, who's got what part, etc., etc. And then, um, I'll, actually, I'll just read what it says here. Mm-hmm. So there is a mystery to solve in the sleepy town of Lower Lockwood. It starts with the arrival of two secretive newcomers and ends with a tragic death. Law students Charlotte, Charlotte and Femi have been assigned to the case. Someone has already been put in prison for the murder, but they suspect that they are innocent and that far darker secrets have yet to be revealed. Throughout the amateur dramatic society, disastrous staging of All My Sons and the shady charity appeal for a little girl's cancer treatment, the, murder hid in pl- the murderer hid in plain sight. Will Charlotte and Femi solve the case? Will you? So you don't even find out who's been jailed for it till like two thirds of the way through mm-hmm. so at the beginning it's there's charlotte and femi who are law students and they've been assigned this from a lawyer yeah to look into so he's like i'm not going to give you any details around it here is a bunch of transcripts and emails yeah. and then so you go through the emails and then it goes to uh what's that message in between those charlotte and femi as they're discussing yeah. the case so you, you're not only trying to work out who could be the murderer, you're trying to work out who has even been murdered and what the reason is. Okay. And then um, you get to a point where the lawyer's like, so this person got murdered and they're like, oh, okay. So they start picking out things and then it's like, and then he comes back and he's like, this is the person in jail. And then you see the transcripts of um, the uh, the interviews in the police station. And yeah, it is. it yeah. was really, really fun. I, I literally, I... As I said, I had the physical book and audio book. I started it at like 7pm, 7.30 7.30pm, and I read it in a whole night. And oh I gosh. do not do that. I, yeah, you I'm don't. a mum. <laughs> well, also, you're just not, you're not a binge reader. You never have been. No. Like, you pick, you go in and out, you pick up a different book, you're like, <laughs> how many currently reading? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and this wasn't even on my TBR for this month, so... <laughs> Yeah, that happened. Uh, yeah, so I think like the audio book at the speed I listened to was about five hours, six hours. Did it the whole night. And, uh, uh, for future me, when I listen to this, once it's been edited, go, go put that on a list. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the second one at home, the physical copy. I got it from the library, so um, I'm waiting for my Audible credit to come through, mm. and then I'm going to get the second audio listen to that yeah i'm really conflicted about what to use my audio my audible credit for this month Mm. because the next book in the bridge kingdom series has been released i've got the first book now to read Mm. because well they're all on the included library as well yeah um because that's how i read them first of all like i got the paperback so i think i'm gonna do the the audio and and the physical like go between the two she exclusively releases on audio first Oh, it comes yeah. out six six months afterwards. Oh, that's cool. Which I thought was a clever sort of. So I think gambit. my my cover's different to your cover, and I kind of wish I'd got the indie covers. I got this off of the Discord room. Yeah, someone had the um, like the arc. I saw that because I was going I was like, to yes. ask. I was going to ask for it, mm. and I saw you'd already yeah. asked. For it. Yeah, <laughs> straight mm. in there. I need to get the other two books in it actually. Well, the third book, which is out, and then I'm going to get the fourth one when the paperback comes out. But anyway, um, so that comes. Is, has been released so I don't know if I use my credit for that or I've started two different series that the first few books were free oh, and the rest are catch you out like that don't they and then there's like a few really interesting non-fictions I want to read but I just know I'm not going to read them but I think I could audio them mm-hmm. so I, th- I don't know I might have to fork out some extra money this month or join the library or mm. try my free trial of mm. Scribd 
Yeah, there are many things I could do. And they just keep might have the non-fiction ones you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a ADHD couple on TikTok that have, they've made a book and it looks like it might be quite interesting. Oh. So I wanted to read it. A non-fiction one. Mm. Mm. Just about like about ADHD and like management of chores and stuff. Undiagnosed, by the way, oh, guys. I'm just good. out of curiosity. Want to read it? Maybe I need that for my household. Yeah, I'm this... reading like two or three ADHD mm. books I got out from the library because we suspect my son has it. So yeah, like obviously it's in the same vein as the keep um, how to keep house. What's the how to keep house while drowning? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, by Casey, Casey Davis. Davis. Can recommend that's fifty pages, and it was a really good book, and it's helped more than a few people that I've given it to. Mm. I need to come um, back to that. Emotionally killed me after like ten pages, so I put it yeah, down. Yeah, once you get through, because she really like, she was like, "I'm walking you through this therapy book quick style." <laughs> <laughs> um, she was like, "So we we address the emotional components of cleaning first, and then we'll just and then we move get on, on with to the, the practicality." Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah, it's in the same vein as that kind of mm. book. Um, and obviously applying these things to my everyday life, diagnosed or not, has made my life significantly easier with things I didn't know other people didn't struggle with. Mm. So I'm like, I feel like reading more would be helpful because it's already helped me. Definitely. But anyway, um, that's how I've been very conflicted about what she's my. Also, on that note, I, I will put in our links my referral thing for Script. Mm. If you use it, you get two months for free. I get a month for free, which is cool as well. But you get two months for free. Yeah. So you could test it, and then if you don't like it, just cancel your Because obviously, non-Amazon-based mm-hmm. options yeah, and they are have, always worth exploring. They have um, e-books and audiobooks and podcasts, uh, and they have a lot of like graphic novels and stuff mm-hmm. on there. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's now, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so <laughs> this is a listen. Um, so I this love is, that you're giggling. <laughs> well, this is that that series, the Waldo Rabbit series that I've been listening oh, to. Yeah. The, the funny one. Oh, you, did you have to buy this one? Yes, mm. I think. I can't remember at which point. I don't know if my next one's now not free of this one wasn't free. I can't remember now. So this book is called The Rabbit Great and Terrible, which is Waldo Rabbit book three. For those of you who haven't listened to, listened to previous reading updates, uh. Basically, in this world, there's different countries. Uh, our main character, whose name... I can't remember now. No, his name is Waldo, but he's like, his name surname isn't Rabbit. I can't remember his real name, actually. I'm starting to lose track. But he comes from a place with dark sorcery. He is normal, and he's from one of the five ruling families where dark sorcery is kind of like the status quo. And he's grown up in a very different kind of world where there was like... There's zombies that got everywhere, and there's like slaves, and there's sex slaves. Um, but they have sex slaves who like enjoy the sex, and they choose that life and stuff. Mm. Um, so not in a dark way. <laughs> it's not dark, guys. Um, yeah. So this, I need the first one's included. Yeah, I think no, the second one not included. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> they enticed you in with the first one. Yeah, it, it's yes. The first one's called the sort of. And it's like brackets, sort of dark mage. And he's, he's meant to be really dark, but he just doesn't like killing that much. Um, and he fight, he's a really terrible liar and stuff like that. Um, and then there, he's meant to take over his mum because he's the last surviving child of hers of like seven children. He's the last one surviving, so he's going to be her heir. Oh. And they're like, he's not tough enough to be the heir. And when you reach a certain age, you go on a quest to prove yourself. And they're like, okay, well, he has to go on his quest early. And there's certain terms he has to hit before we accept him as, like, your heir. Mm. If not, you have to pick someone else. 
So he gets sent on his quest, um, and his quest is harder than normal, um, and he goes in search of three great monsters because you can make them your familiars. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of bind them to you, except he finds a succubus who he accidentally marries instead, oh, <laughs> as yeah, well as binding. Yeah. yeah, and then his second. They have like the language barrier. In yeah, there, like yeah. I don't know if I had read the second one during our last reading. I must have that done. Um, no, I think you were about to read it. It's. I mean, it's earlier in my um, story graph, but that doesn't really mean much. Um, I, I, I don't remember you talking about it at least, but maybe you only told us about the first like one. Like the general premise. So in the yeah. second one, he finds a ogre, and it's a gay ogre who likes BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he, he, um, he's like, oh, I'm really sorry, like, ogre guy. Like, I'm, I'm not. I love that these are put under classics, like, they're yeah. tagged under classics on Audible. <laughs> Um, like you know, he's like, oh, sorry, I go. I'm not gay, unfortunately. So like, um, I'll just be sleeping with my succubus wife because him and Alice, the the wife, end up getting together. Um, and the yoga's like, oh, that's fine. Like, I don't really, I'm fine with that, but I do want um the whole whips and chains thing. And because he's grown up in like a dark castle, he knows how to torture people. Yeah. But he also knows how to torture it in a pleasure pleasurable way because of the sex slaves. So he's like, okay, fine, I can do this. It's alright. And so they're always alluding to like weird. Um, acts <laughs> oh. BDSM acts he's like if you do this like is he they're going on a quest he's like if you do this part of the quest for me we'll do so and so later <laughs> and the ogre's like yes master <laughs> oh my god that sounds brilliant um, so <laughs> uh, and he also accidentally makes a white sorcerer fall in love with him by giving her a really powerful love potion what is it with him and accidentally falling into his face? So, like, she's, like, uh, convinced she's going to save him. She's, like, a white mage, and they come from a country called Avalon that's very, very powerful. And she's, like, oh, I I love you. Um, and she doesn't know he's a dark sorceress this whole time. She just thinks he's a white mage gone rogue. Um, she's, like, I'm going to save you with my love. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And so this is the last. So he's got his three monsters now. No, he's he's in the quest for his third monster in this book. Sorry, which is a dragon. But to practice lying, he invents because he's he's pretending to be a white mage, and he invents the god of the white mages that he tells people about and spreads the word of. But it's the giant rabbit, right? So and then, <laughs> but he's a little bit too successful. So then this book, the the ra- <laughs> the rabbit, great and powerful, the religion spreads. Of course. And then um, people start... So he's just out and about. Someone's like, thank you for helping me. Power the rabbit unto you. And they do like a hand gesture of like rabbit ears. And then it's like, it's just spread among... Do you know this is giving me the vibes of? But like a more fantasy thing of like Life of Brian or something? Yeah. Like a Python or, it's very Terry Pratchett. It's just very of that genre. Yeah. Um, very British. Yeah. So it's humor, like it's, yeah. I don't know if this author is British, but it's like... So this religion starts to spread and he actually causes a revolt oh. in the name of the rabbit great and terrible, but that was never his intention. He was just trying to practice lying. Oh and he's like, well, God. I'm obviously a great liar. Look at that. <laughs> Um, and he teams up with like these elves that are like dark elves and everyone's like oh what kind of political moves are Avalon making because the white mage is teaming up with the elves and he's like well I'm not really up with Avalon but I'll let you I'm think sure, that because yeah. he's, he's trying to ruin Avalon's reputation by being a white mage who's doing all these terrible things um, and he discovers that he quite likes stealing and lying he doesn't like murder though 
<laughs> I draw the line of murder. And he has like a thief that he tricks into like working with them, and that's it. Like yeah, and it's just it's that just funny. So fun. Yeah. Um, so at the end of this book, they basically they get the location of the dragon, and the whole city like burns down. <laughs> Oh so God. everywhere he's gone, there's just been chaos behind him. Um, <laughs> just like, la, 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 la. Yeah, and he's making enemies left, right and centre. His, like, grandfather is a lich who likes to kill his um, relatives. Um, and he's so he's been hunted by his grandfather just because. Just just for lols. Yeah, so his grandfather killed one of his brothers and stuff like that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, it's a, it's a good fun. And it's lots of, like, because he's grown up where, like, stuff is very normalised like nakedness he's like doesn't have any prudishness about being naked mm. but his wife is from this country they're in where they are quite prudish and mm. she was always like that's wrong and he's like but why <laughs> yeah why is it wrong and she's like what are the you know best breasts you've ever seen he's like well my, my mother has not quite nice breasts <laughs> and there's like lots of misunderstandings it's just it's just Oh, it's that fun. Sounds good. It's it's enjoyable, and it's a, I've been listening to them, and I've been listening to them. I've been just chuckling away, yeah, <laughs> giving yourself away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, because a lot of people with Audible don't know, there is a plus catalogue mm. that is included in your subscription. So it doesn't take your credit for the yeah. month. So you can listen to anything in there as many as you want for the month, and it doesn't take a credit. Um, so they often have like the first or sometimes the second of a series to catch mm. you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to entice you done in. To me. They did this to me with the Red Rising series yeah. as well. The first three were free. Yeah, and, and then there's they seven of them. And um, that one I haven't gone back to yet. That's also on your list. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. sounds so fun. I I've got the first one in my library, so I can't wait to give it a try. Yeah, it's good, silly, you like fantasy, and you like a bit of tongue-in-cheek humour, you'll like this. Yeah. And, like, the ogre that's gay is obviously a very stereotype of a gay person, but it's meant tongue-in-cheek. It's very British humour, it's the only way I can describe it. I'm assuming this author is British, I don't know. Or he's just captured it very well. But it is very Terry Pratchett, it's not punching down kind of humour, basically. Um, So that was my second... (laughs) <laughs> sorry um, I'm just looking up the author see if I can find out where <laughs> yeah where he's from oh, I don't even really said the author's name have I no oh Nelson Trita he's, he's American is he from New, like New York or Boston or something he's from Massachusetts Massachusetts is that Boston that's the state isn't it I don't know New, New Bedford he's from well, and he lived in. Know. He's also lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, Naples, 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 Florida, Tampa. Oh, he's Portuguese American. Yeah. He's a Catholic, a registered Democrat, a sarcastic bastard. He says a lot about himself, and <laughs> he sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. I can't wait to give that a try. Um, I've like avoided listening to the first one because I, I'm worried that I'm then going to want to listen to the rest. <laughs> I mean, well, since I've been buying them, you can just log in with me. That can be my third so. device. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to my other half because I've got some, I've, I have my Audible Ooh. subscription. He doesn't have a subscription to it. Um, he finished his subscription a while ago. 
And I said I had some audio books, and he was like, oh, I want to re- really want to listen to that. And I was like, well, why don't you be my device? And he was like, oh, too much effort. I, I, think like, you can be log- I think you can be logged in on three devices. I'm, I'm sure it's three. I'm already logged in on three, but it's fine, whatever. That <laughs> I means I mean, you could be in my third, because I've only got my iPad and my, ki- my phone. Yeah, I've got my laptop, my tablet, and my phone. But mm. Come at me, Come at Amazon. Me, bruh, bruh. <laughs> Come at me, bruh. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is too busy being a billionaire. He don't mm. care. Right. Um, oh, Netflix cares, apparently. Oh, God, they're so pathetic. Because I went cats in and I couldn't fucking watch Netflix because yeah. there's a different... F- and I was like, I'm away. And it's like, we've sent a code to the person who owns the account. I'm like, great, he's on night shift, so I won't watch anything then. They're such bastards. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the Neighbour Favour by Christina Forrest. So this is part of my romance read-along yes. that I'm doing with the Tandem Collective. Um, so you will hear lots of romances here and there throughout the summer. Um, oh, this one was really cute. I finished it? it last night. Okay. So last night I was on like page 215 when I mm. went to bed and I finished it. And it's like 390 pages. I don't know what's going that on. Was, that was me last night. I was 40 pages from the end of a book. Because yeah. I wanted to talk about it today as well. So I was like, really trying. I was like, no, I have to go to bed. I don't know what's wrong with me. Recently, when I've been able to get... I've, I've been able to get to bed at like a sweet spot where I'm not just immediately like, I'm tired. I need to go yeah. to sleep. Yeah. Um, so this follows a shy bookworm who enlists her charming neighbour to help her score a date, not knowing he's the obscure author she's been corresponding with. So, oh, it's well. really sweet. Oh, it's, this reminds me of so many 20, 2010s films, 2000s films. Yeah, like yeah. she's got my own stuff. <laughs> so, Lily, a shy, bookish and admittedly awkward, Lily Green has always felt inadequate compared to the rest of her accomplished family who strive for black excellence. She dreams of becoming a children's books editor, but, she, but she's been frustratingly stuck in a non-fiction division for years without a promotion in sight. Lily finds escapism in her, in her correspondences with her new with her favourite fantasy author. So he is a author. She found his book randomly yeah. when she worked at a bookshop, um, and it's been her favourite book since she read it. And it's like, uh, like twenty years old or so, maybe yeah. not that long, but like fifteen years old. Um, and it's called The Elves of Something. Um, I want to zoom in because on mm. the on the front cover, that book actually says what the book's called <laughs> on it, but um, you can't zoom in on story graph. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, it's a fantasy book about elves, and the elves are black, so she's Ooh. always loved it because she saw herself in a book, yeah. and that's what made her want to be a children's book editor because she wants to have children's books that all children can see themselves mm. in. And she is obsessed with this author. and Well, not obsessed, but he's like her favourite author and he's very mysterious. He has a small buyer. He has no online presence whatsoever. He never released any other books. Yeah. All she knows is he's this guy called Strick and he uh, is a British guy and that's the only thing he's written. That's all she knows. Yeah. And she often just Googles his name randomly to see if he's come up with a social media presence. Mm-hmm. And one day when she's on the underground, she Googles his name just while she's on the underground and she finds out he's got a website and she's so excited. She goes on like the contact me form and she types him an email just saying like how his book changed 
the course of her life, yeah. like blah blah blah, how much it meant to her. Like every bookworm has ever pictured yeah. doing yeah. their favourite <laughs> author, but doesn't have the guts to do. And then he replies. And then for like six months mm. they're like uh pen pals, like email pen pals. And he says about how he he just won't go back to writing. That was like mm. a one-off. He's now a travelling reporter and blah, blah, blah. And then they chat for a while. And then they decide, like, they start getting a little bit flirty. Mm. And then they're like... So the first third of the book is their email exchange okay. before it goes into, like, the now. And then they decide they're going to... Uh, oh, yeah, they get a bit flirty. He says he's never been to New York, which is where she lives. She says, oh, this is what we would do on a date. And they start mm. talking... And then they decide on New Year's Eve they're going to have a video call. Yeah. And then he just never shows up. Ah. And then he emails her and he's just like, I'm sorry, uh, I wasn't who I said I was. And then when she tries to reply, the mail is blocked. Like, she can't email him. And she is literally heartbroken. Like, she feels entirely heartbroken. So this is months later. um, And she... Uh, yeah, so months later, Lily is still crushed, but she's determined to get a hold uh, get a hold of her life, starting with finding a date to her sister's wedding. When, and the perfect person to help her is Nick Brown, her charming, attractive new neighbour, who she feels drawn to for reasons she can't explain. But little does she know, Nick is an author, her favourite fantasy author. So they, he is like he moves to New York and his book he sells his book and it's getting republished and he's writing a sequel and he moves to New York and he ends up two doors down from where she's crashing on her sister's couch he doesn't know who she is to begin with um but he just knows she's a hot girl on his apartment Mm. block that he wants to talk to and they uh, finally start chatting and then he realizes she's the Lily that had been emailing him and he's like, I need, I can't be her friend because mm. I've already broken her heart once. Yeah. Because she's very open about it. And then, but she's like, no, 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 I, I find you quite attractive. I think we should hang out. Yeah. And then, yeah, they, girl. they decide to just be friends and yeah. he's going to help her find a date. It's so cute. Oh my God. So what, what is the age difference? If she like read his book when she was younger. Yeah, she wasn't a child. So they're literally like just a couple of years age difference. Oh, okay, okay. So you. he wrote it when he was 22 and she found it when she was like 19 or something okay, like that. Okay, So she was already, she was an adult and she wished she'd had that okay, as a child. I sorry, I miss, um, I miss. And that was the reason why she wanted to go into publishing. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, like and that. then like she like helped him, I don't know, get a bit more... Uh, confidence in himself and not be a uh unknown author yeah and yeah yeah really cute That'd be so lovely mysterious. yeah it was really fun i loved oh, that it that sounds like a really nice read yeah it was great i'm really liking the um romance reads you're getting in this readathon oh yeah like, me it, too it is adding things to my list yeah, yeah so i've got bridge kingdom on my list from mm. that that's mm. this month one of this month's reads okay yeah because it's romancy month yeah, Bridge Kingdom is, uh, is, I really enjoyed it. Mm. And that was uh, the audio. Um, yeah, so I've got that one, Guild. I'm sure you've seen that series. I'm actually surprised I didn't have that book, even though that's um, very much my aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm currently reading The Curse of Saints, I think it's called. Which has okay. taken me longer to read than I would have thought. And mm. weird, cons- weird that I've read like two books in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. That I wasn't meaning to read. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so my next one is the second book in the Carabelle series. Ah. Uh, I am about halfway through the, the last book now as well. Okay. These are taking me an extraordinary long time to read. They are. I don't know why. Cause I thought you would devour these. All the ingredients equal perfect Tony Reed. Mm-hmm. In the storytelling is even a drama. I don't know why I can't read. I'm not getting. I'm getting through these maybe forty pages at a time. That's, that's not like you. I can't identify why. Because there's nothing wrong with it. The storytelling is nice. It's very readable. It's interesting. There's like a whole new concept that gets introduced at the second book that's like different to the Caravelle theme of the first book. So it's not like they're just doing like the same Caravelle over and over. Mm. I can't tell you why this has taken me so long to read. So I really don't know. It's just not gripping me. And it's not like a reading slump because I've been reading things on my Kindle really fast. Yeah. Reading other things. I've been consuming up like audios really fast. I don't know. Hmm. I really can't tell you why. But the end is in sight. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, that's how I'm feeling. I feel like I'm slogging through to the end even though I'm enjoying it when I'm reading it and I can't tell you why. Is it putting you off reading her most recent series, do yeah. you think? I really can't identify what I'm struggling with. Um, so anyway, the second book... Um, second book basically follows uh, Donatella's point of view. It picks up... Sh- that's pre- the sister, isn't that's it? That's the sister. So the first book is told from Scarlet's point of view. Scarlet, Scarlet goes into Caraval. She's meant to marry a very handsome count who she's never met. And her sister's like, and then they get invited to Caraval by legend, who Scarlet's been writing to for years. Um, and her sister's like, no, we have to, we have to at least try. Um, so they go to Caraval. What Scarlet goes kind of against her will, but then when she's there, she's like, okay, I'm here now. I might as well throw myself into it. Um, and shit goes down. Nothing in Caraval is real. The magic is all kind of like, woo woo. Um, <laughs> And then the next two books are... The second book is entirely from Donatella's point of view, and then the third book is switching POVs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we find out Donatella might have had more to do with the reason they ended up at Caravelle than Scarlet Fort. It wasn't just Scarlet's letters that got them there. Um, and Donatella has a more of a, uh, uh, her own history with Caravelle and all this kind of stuff. So their mum left them when they were kids. She just fled. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Donatella has a memory related to that that Scarlet doesn't have. Mm. She finds this magical deck of tarot cards mm-hmm. in her mum's room. Um, and it's like disguised as a smelly bag of perfume that like the kids are like, ew, I don't want to touch that. And then so one day for Tella, for Donatella, but they call her Tella, it's like suddenly with these really pretty cards. And she picks them up and it's called a deck of destiny in this. And if you turn it over, you, there's things called the fates in this world, and they're like gods that walked the earth at one point that disappeared. Mm-hmm. And they were known to be quite harsh gods. Um, and it's like everyone accepts that they were once just walking around. Um, and if you turn over a deck, a card in the deck of destiny, it makes it more like for that fate to come true, basically. Oh. And she's just a kid, like, pretty pictures. So she turns over, like, three cards before her mum can get to her. Yeah. Um, and then her mum, like, is just, fuck, like, completely shocked by these cards. And is like, pale. And she's like, where did you find these? She's like, well, I found them in the vault. Like, what's the big yeah. deal? And then her mum disappears. They're just pretty cards. Shortly after that. Oh, okay. Um, and then we find out that her mum is kind of wrapped up in Caraval as well. And... In the magic of the fates and the reasons the fate dis- the fates disappeared, 
Um, so then the second book, they go to um, the em- the capital of the empire for the caravel that's happening shortly afterwards. And usually they're once a year. Mm. But because it's the empress's, like a big birthday for the empress, it's like her 80th birthday or something. So they're, they're doing a big thing in this part of that. They're doing a caravel. Yeah. Um, and it's like for the heir as well, who has like supposedly murdered his way to the top and stuff like that. Um, and they they're staying in the in the big palace where the caravan is taking place. They're staying in the palace of the empress and all this kind of stuff. And Tella accidentally kind of gets herself bound to the heir of the throne. Of course. Um, to lie her way into the palace, one of the players, Dante, who we meet in the previous book, is a bit like. A not really great character to get her into the palace. And Dante like jokingly says, "Oh, she's the fiance of the the heir." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dante just goes along with it because she wants to get into the palace, and basically that backfires big time because the heir is a bit dodge. So, didn't that happen with the sister as well? They both are pretending to be fans, so sort of. Yeah. So the in the first book, um. Scarlet was the handsome sailor man who helped them get to Caraval Island yeah. and there's like oh I'll take the ticket that you were sent for your fiance I'll take that and I'll yeah. pretend to be your fiance yeah 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 so, yeah. so they've both got pretend fiance yeah and basically the air is like uh, you have to make this believable because I was already engaged once and she died and there's lots of rumours about that so if then if I if this engagement turns out to be false because the rumours have already spread, you've already fucked it, he's like, then I'm going to be in big trouble and it'll make my, like, rollers of the air difficult. Um, so he's like, for the for the week of Caraval, you have to play the part, then we'll say it's part of Caraval and Caraval ends. Mm-hmm. But it turns out he is a fate that's escaped from the deck of destiny. Oh. So all the fates were put into a, a deck of destiny. So all the fates in these cards are the real fates, which turns out to be the one that her mother stole. So she had a thing full of the actual real fates that were imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And he turns out to be the Prince of Hearts. And if you kiss him, you're going to die. Oh. And she kisses the Prince of Hearts. And he's like, uh, find me who Legend really is. So Legend's the guy who runs Caraval. Mm-hmm. He's like, find me who Legend is by the end of the seven days or you're going to die. <laughs> what a situation to find yourself yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then she's trying to solve the... Because Caraval is a riddle. She's trying to solve the Caraval riddle. Meanwhile, Dante just keeps like a fucking showing up and being all like mysterious and morally is grey and handsome. Is this at the same time as the first book or Second, after? After. After, okay. So Scarlet's with her. So Scarlet, the events okay. of the first book have happened to Scarlet. She um, finds out that the handsome sailor is actually a player as part of Caraval. Mm-hmm. And is actually um, Legend's brother. Um, so he's been an actor in Caraval for years. Yeah. Because Caraval, they don't age. So he's been alive for like 300 years. And he's been playing in Caraval with his brother for years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she's like, I'm done with all the lies. And he's like, oh, I've been a professional liar for like 300 years. I'm going to struggle with that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so when they first go to the palace, she's like, basically Scarlet's whole thing is she's like trying to learn to trust Julian because like she's in love with him but he's like a, he's a bit dodge and he lies a lot. Um, and he did a lot of dodgy things during Caraval to her as, as a player of Caraval. So that's like Scarlet's story. Uh, but we don't really find out about because we're all at Donatella's point of view and Donatella's just like trying not to die from the second book, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. Um, 
and there's just a bit of a kind of twist towards the end. I feel like you see it coming, but again, we don't. Always, that's a bad thing mm-hmm. of who like Legend really is. Basically, we find out who Legend is, um, and this whole thing with the fates gets a bit more complicated. Does it mean like there's a whole like? It's not just. The I've got to send again. you that review now that you've almost finished, mm. so you can watch it. Yeah. So again, like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I'm finding this really slow and hard to get through. It's annoying because it's we've gonna got, put you off picking up the next series. Yeah, it's, bit, we've got it? morally grey, like hot men. Got a game element. Yeah, they're solving puzzles. There's weird gods. There's magic. Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Mm. These are enjoyable. Like I'm, I'm not saying I'm not recommending them either. Yeah, don't just. Not, they are. They just aren't gripping me. Like I'm, it's just I'm just really strange. Because hmm. it has all the elements that should be uh, something you to get obsessed with. It's a perfect storm, and then the caravan has lots of symbols associated with it, like red roses and keys, and uh, yeah. And the fates obviously have all symbols associated with them. I will pick it up. Yeah, I feel I still think you enjoy it, and then I can let you know if I work out anything with yeah. it that's not vibing or whatever. <laughs> I can't even say interesting. The characters, you know, sometimes don't have the, a lot of depth, but they have enough that it doesn't feel shallow. Yeah. Don't know. Maybe it's just a product of its time, and that mm. it's just if you'd read it at the time, you might oh, have I loved it. I think if I'd have read this when I was yeah, if I was a teenager, I would have absolutely fucking loved these. Yeah. I think. And maybe now you've just read so much in the fantasy genre. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Can't tell you. <laughs> okay. The last book I'm going to talk about, I actually have like half an hour left on okay. the audio that the speed I read. So I will be finished with this by the time I get home from recording today. Mm. Um, so I can't tell you what I think about the ending, but that's fine because it's a thriller. So you yeah. don't really want to know the ending. Yellow Face by Rebecca F. Kwong. Heard some lots of controversial debates about this on TikTok. Yeah. It's the first RF Kwong I've read. I've got mm. Babel. I've not put it up yet because I have such high expectations. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous about reading I didn't it. I not realise that's the same author. Yeah. So um, that's R.F. Kwong. Okay. That and The Poppy War. And then she released Yellowface and it's under Rebecca F. Kwong. So I think mm. she's going to have her fantasy stuff under R.F. and then her mm. thriller stuff under Rebecca. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so this is weird that this is the first one I've read by her because... Mm-hmm. She's mainly known for fantasy. I've got Babel. I know I'm going to love it, which yeah. I've not picked it up because I'm scared. Poppy War is meant to be really good Poppy as well. Poppy War, I'm so desperate to really good, to, yeah. yeah. But this is the first time i picked up. Um, mm. I love her writing style. Yeah. It is making me, the whole time I've been listening to this, I started it yesterday, I want to write. It's mm. making me want to write. Because oh, I'm just, I'm really in love book. with yeah. it. But yeah, about the actual book. So, um, authors June Howard and Athena Liu Liu, uh, were supposed to be twin rising stars. Same year at Yale, same debut year in publishing. But Athena's a cross-genre literary darling and June didn't even get a paperback release. Nobody wants stories about basic white girls, June thinks. So when June witnesses Athena's death in a freak accident, she acts on impulse. She steals Athena's just-finished masterpiece, an experimental novel about the unsung contributions of Chinese labourers to the British and French war efforts during the First World War. So what if June edits Athena's novel and sends it to her agent as her own work? 
So what if she lets her new publisher rebrand her as Juniper Song, complete with an ambiguously ethnic author photo? Doesn't this piece of history deserve to be told, whoever the teller? That's what June claims, and the New York Times bestseller list seems to agree. But June can't get away from Athena's shadow, and emerging evidence threatens to bring June's stolen success right down around her. As June races to protect her secret, she discovers exactly how far she will go to keep what she thinks she deserves. And it says, with its total immersive first-person voice, Yellowface takes on questions of diversity, racism and cultural appropriation, not just in the publishing industry, but the persistent erasure of Asian-American voices and history by Western white society. Ooh. It is amazing. I, I, I have no clue how it's going to end. That's I a very can't... nuanced line to tread. Mm-hmm. It could easily have gone very badly. I can't see how it's going to end. Mm. But I trust that I'm not going to be disappointed with okay. the ending. Um, yeah, it, it's really, really good. So, um, June, um, obviously when this book comes out, she starts getting questions about whether she's the right person to be telling this story, mm. etc. Because she's not Asian or Asian-American. Um, and then her publishers are like, so her actual name is Juniper and Song is her middle name. And mm. then um, Howard. Not, um, it's more of a hippie take her mother had. Uh, like she, her sister's called Aurora something. Like her, uh, so they Aurora Melody something like that. Chosen to use her middle name because it. So she goes yeah. from June Howard, which is what she was releasing as, to Juniper Song. Mm. She um gets new author photos taken, and she looks very ambiguous in terms of her ethnicity, um, mm. and. Yeah, it is a crazy ride. Ooh, and okay. it's all from June's point of view. Yeah. Um, And June, as a person, does not hold back on the fact that she has a lot of, I suppose, casually racist views would be the right thing to okay. say. You know when that girl went... Everyday racism. Yeah. You know when that girl went viral on TikTok for saying that she got declined from an agent and it's because she's white and no one's taken on white authors anymore. That was recent as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was those vibes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then she like gets, she starts getting invited to panels and stuff like that and to um, go and meet um, Asian American groups and talk about her book and when she arrives and they're like, oh, so um, do you speak Mandarin? And she's like, no. And they're like, oh, your mum or dad didn't mm. teach you? And she's like, oh, no, I'm not Asian. And they're all like, oh. So like, her what? sister <laughs> that wrote this book, how did her sister do the research? No, so her sister didn't write the book. It's, oh, sorry, I misunderstood. It says twin rising stars. It's, it's, oh, it's okay. An, it's a schoolmate who gotcha, is Asian-American. Yeah. Okay, I misunderstood that. So she steals the work of an Asian-American. Oh, Okay. I was, I was like, if it was like a twin sister who did a well-researched no, book no, no. in an ethical way, but no, it's an Asian author. Yes, yeah, she's still okay, the work sorry, I was missing of, that one. Of, of an Asian author, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, who was writing about something related to her family, and she steals it. And oh, okay, yeah. Passes herself off as... Mm. She, doesn't, she doesn't really say what she is kind of thing yeah okay and so she gets in a um group chat with two other like new york times bestsellers and they are like 
really bitchy in the chat um and they're white authors but mm. they are very kind of racist in okay. i mean i can't i know you can't be kind of racist they're like oh overtly well, yeah so they're like it's sh- you're like what so um you can't write about world war Two if you weren't involved you know like how people like to be ridiculous yeah. with their arguments yeah um so they kind of hype her up a bit and um I yeah. could see I could see a lot of um influences from things that have come to light in the publishing world in the last few years. Yeah. Uh I think it's a fabulous book so far. As I said, I haven't finished it, but from what I've read so far I trust it's gonna be an ending I'm happy with. Okay. Yeah, I saw like there was a whole bunch of TikToks going in about the name and they were like, It's a slur and like that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like yellow faces are slur, and it's like yeah, that's and like the, the point. eyes. Yeah, someone was. I saw someone talking about it. So if you haven't seen the cover, look up the cover. Um, it's just a yellow cover. It says yellow face, and then it's got um, like Asian eyes on mm. it. It's the only way I can explain it, really. And um, people were saying, "Oh, did they have to draw the eyes like that? They look slanty." And it's like that's the point. That's you need to read. You're missing so much mm. context here. Um. And yeah, because effectively she's yellow facing, so mm. yeah, it's it's really good. It's very um, I mean, RF Kwong is very vocal about the publishing industry, yeah. and she was very involved in the HarperCollins um, union mm. strikes. So she she is always bringing light to things in the industry, um, and I think this is just, I mean, I think it's yeah, just it wonderful to be, really to be honest. It's it's quite dark, um, but yeah, it's. I'm on edge the whole time, just waiting for her to do her next stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I hate. Uh, I hate books like that. Yeah. We like you're just internally cringing, and it's really it's really clever when you're doing first person POV, um, and they make you hate the character. Mm-hmm. Because usually when you're their point of view, you're kind of on their side. Yeah. Like you're batting for their team because that's what you're hearing their point of view. So to make you dislike the character that's speaking. And the worst thing is, like she, in herself, she thinks she's a good mm. person. She she's thinks done she's done wrong. nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah. So yeah, it's very well written. Mm. But yeah, so she's like, there's a scene where she goes to, um, she goes to Chinatown. And she goes into a Chinese restaurant and she decides to start um, chatting to the waiter in there um, to learn more about his life because mm. she's like, thinks of myself as an investigative reporter now. And it's just so awkward, like listening to it. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> but, and then, like, afterwards, she's like, oh, why was everyone so mean to me? Like, it's oh. like, have you ever been to a restaurant where someone's like trying to talk to the waiter about their native country oh yeah like because I've been there I spent three weeks there and like I'm like I'm like I'm it gives me that kind of vibe yeah or the so where are you from and they're like oh London and they're like no where, where are you, are you really from, from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like London yeah but where are your parents from oh they were born here so you're from the- no I was born in London yeah. <laughs> like my heritage may be that but I'm I'm British yeah yeah and I because we got I got talking with someone at work actually about like the heritage to do with my name because mm. obviously I have I have an Italian name my mm-hmm. full name which is Antonio Bernardin which sounds like we just emigrated last year and it's like nah hundred hundred or so years ago yeah yeah people always ask me about my mm. name because it's like 
It's a, it's a British name. It's mm. a very British name. It's just not a very common name. In fact, my family are the only ones with our yeah. surname in England or in the UK. Um, was, whereas there's still a lot of people yeah. in Italy with my surname. There's a huge amount of Bernardins in America as well. Mm. Um, yeah, like, dist- I don't know how those people are related to me, but it's obviously very distant. <laughs> but so, yeah, we got on the topic and I was like, like what well, I like, I am a European mutt. I've got German, I've got Italian, potentially Spanish, not confirmed. Um, Irish, English. I was like, I am a European mutt, basically. Mm. Like in the winter, but, I look Irish pale. As soon as you get me in sun, I look olive toned. But if anyone asked you, you'd say you're British. No, I was like, we have been raised if like two, three because someone at work was like, oh, we emigrated about hundred years ago from Italy. She was like, well, that's only like third generation. I was like, but the last two generations have been raised. British. Yeah. We are British. Yeah, exactly. We don't have any of that heritage because they, they, at that time, I mean, it was around the World Wars, so having German and Italian mm. at that time, they just erased it. Yeah. None of their kids weren't raised with any of that culture. Anywho. Anyway. In Yellow Face, uh, it's, it's a really good book. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it sparked a conversation just then. Anyway, I'm going to bring the tone down. Please do. So this is another Audible included, the other one in the fucking included oh library. are you bringing the tone down <laughs> or are we maintaining anger <laughs> oh just yeah i feel ya. i'm upset about this um because <laughs> i really enjoyed this book so two necromancers a bureaucrat and an elf i literally just added this to my list yeah because okay. it was you might like when i looked at the waldo yeah. one uh, so this is the unconventional heroes book one, but it's like a book one and two, like a two for. So I think this one I've re- I've listened to is very abridged because it's both together. Two necromancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you actually click on the description though, it's book one and two. Oh. But I think it's an abridged version. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's only seven hours long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thirteen hours long. But I don't feel like I missed anything. The narrative is not that complex. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right, the description is incredibly fucking long oh, on wait. Story Graph, so I'm not going to read that. So I'm going to tell you about it. The first one's called Two Necromancers, a Bureaucrat, and an Elf. Yep. But the actual series, they change the description depending on who's been added to the Unconventional Heroes group. Two Necromancers, an Army of Golems, and a Demon Lord is book two. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh. So you're going to sell this to me or not sell it to me? We'll find out. <laughs> oh, I've really fucking enjoyed this. Oh, sold. <laughs> uh... On 1.2 speed, it was about seven or eight hours, I think. Mm. Um, so, we've got Timmy, our necromancer. And it's just, from the start, his name's Timmy. What kind of ne- necromancer is called Timmy? Yeah. This is a, very much the same humour as Terry Pratchett as all the rabbit books. Like, it's, it's the same came up on vibe. the... You um, might also like... So his name's Timmy. He lives in, like, a necromancer's castle... Um, and it opens with him. He's made a weird zombie hybrid animal that's like half. I can't remember what he's made it, but he's made a weird. It's, it's two different animals stitched together. And basically, the zombie like he brings it to life, and the zombie tries to kill him, and then he kills it with a shovel. Um, so his main weapon is a shovel. He doesn't use swords or anything. He uses a shovel. Mm. So he's like famous for his shovel. The shovel's on his standard. Like he's made shovel his thing. <laughs> Stop trying to make shovels your thing. And his assistant is a ten-year-old girl, Katie, who's blonde and blue-eyed. Uh, she wears pink glasses. She sews pink outfits for the zombies. Oh, I love that! I love this book already. <laughs> she has so she has 
the powers of necromancy, but she also has these dark shadows that are at her command, mm. and that she can use to like lift things, make wings, stab, like, and oh, that's like, so cool. and it's like a father daughter relationship, except she's constantly trying to kill him. But he's like, it makes me so proud because he's like, he's on, he's all he's preparing for is for the day. He's like, I need to make sure the castle is in good condition for the day when Katie overthrows me. It's like, um, it's giving me almost Adam's family vibe. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, for the day when Katie overthrows me, I just make sure the castle is in good coming. condition. Um, and he's like, my, my little evil apprentice is so cute. Aww. And he like, he ruffles her hair as she tries to like stab him with shadows. And he's like, oh, miss me again. <laughs> oh my God, I love this already. <gasps> um, so she has an army of ninja rats. Of course. <laughs> so they were ninja rats that were hired to like, um, take Timmy down. And Timmy basically was like, he's a big fan of not fighting when he doesn't have to. So mm. he like sat them down and negotiated with them and was like, right, I'll let you live in this castle. I'll let you eat my food. I'll let you do whatever you want if you protect the castle and then he makes a, a deal with the rats and then the rats all move in there's this race of ninja rats oh my god but they decide that they like Casey more of course um, so then they have one rat guarding Casey at all times and they do it in shifts and the rats can turn invisible they have magic oh <laughs> and like the rats are like so if so do they not help her in trying to attack him yeah they do oh. <laughs> so they're like they take so like he'll just shoot like they have to make standards for a battle they go into and she makes a pink one Hmm. She makes a bright pink pink one with a rat on it or something. And he's like, um, about the pink standard. Not sure if that's a good idea. And when he starts, like, addressing, like, my joking that's very threatening on a battlefield, one of the rats starts gripping his sword tighter <laughs> and raising it while he's talking, like, oh, carry on, see what happens. So, like, Go on, keep talking. Like, so he, like, she doesn't like it when he ruffles her hair or something or calls her, like, a kid. So they're, like, they're constantly also trying to kill him. So that like, sounds so fun. It's just so cute because he's like, oh, blessed, you'll get me one day. <laughs> you'll get me. And so basically, it begins with him like nearly dying from his zombie hybrid animal that he's made. And he's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. And he's got all these statistics about um, necromancer deaths. Mm. And he's like, I don't want to be another statistic. I'm, out. I'm getting out of the game. But he's obviously done quite necromancy evil things. But he's not really, he doesn't like, he doesn't kill innocents. He like has a line. Mm. He doesn't kill people to make them his zombies. He buys dead people yeah. off, a, off a dead dealer dead person dealer basically um body dealer yeah yeah um so he's like not never been evil enough for the ruling council to do anything about him but also like not enough that he could just stop being an necromancer and they'd be fine with it he just um toes the line yeah uh so he's like okay and then he finds out that there's this war coming up and the council are getting desperate so they're offering pardons in exchange for services rendered Mm -hmm. to people like him like powerful sorceresses that are a bit like dodge mm-hmm. uh, so he's like cool I'm going to do it um, so he signs up to do this and they're like okay you have to recruit other people like you to be in our little army of powerful magical people who will get pardons after the war that's coming is done okay um, and they're like so you're going to have to recruit people as part of your job um, and then you have to fight in the war and then you get your pardon this is like a weird L- MLM yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> So then he's like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> if I must. <laughs> and then they do get money and compensation along the way and they get to keep a lot of, like, any treasure they find mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so then he goes and recruits this elf who's, like, well-known for, like, burning down entire forests and is a little bit batshit. Um, and is, like, not like other elves because other, <laughs> other elves are, like, peaceful and they all have, like, wood magic and she's like, fire! <laughs> oh, I like her as well. And she's, like, she's a little bit bonkers and... <laughs> 
Um, so they 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 managed to convince her to do it, but then she's always like muttering about once she gets her pardon, what she's gonna do to the council. And the whole time, the bureaucrat they sent to assess Timmy to see if he was worth it, being sent on this quest mm. is with them. So the bureaucrat goes on the quest with them, which is why it's called Two Necromancers. So is he is he making notes and feeding all this back then? Yeah, yeah. But then he has like like he's actually quite weirdly powerful. But he just wanted to be a he didn't want to be in the field. He wanted to be a paper pusher, and this is all against his will. And like he's just terrified all the time. He lives in the castle. The castle has weird like underground creepy things that try and kill them all all the time. That they're just like ah. There's like an interdimensional being called Sam who likes cake. (laughs) (laughs) My soulmate. (laughs) Um. And then, like, yeah, the one who, the elf who likes fire teams up with the the ninja rats and they make explosives. Oh my god. She makes so a garden fun. full of, like, poisonous, um, deadly plants that nearly killed bureaucrat. <laughs> it sounds really good, like, especially yeah. in combination with wa- that Waldo book. Mm. They sound like they, yeah. Yeah, as in, like, the first one is them going to recruit the elf and then they're sent with the elf to go defeat, like, an old dragon. Um, but it's like an old man dragon that can talk and <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the, they because this is book one and two combined. The next book is them going after a half demon sorcerer, sorcerer guy that's up in the mountains who's been doing dodgy shit. Um, and like he's Timmy has history with all the people in the council. And, like, there's one guy called James that he hates, <laughs> who's just, like, really posh and, like, very eaten vibes. Yeah. And he's like, fucking James. <laughs> and, like, Katie hates James as well. And, like, when James is there, Katie's shadows is, like, trying to kill him. And it's just... This sounds so fun. It's so fun. And there's lots of, like, funny little jokes Wait. in it. Like, she made a zombie pig lion and he got free in the castle. Katie was, like, learning how to do it. Because they make hybrid animals all the time. She mm. made a zombie pig lion that got loose in the castle. So they were like, to Gerald the bureaucrat, they're like, just be wary of the zombie pig lion. Uh, apparently it, it can climb walls. I didn't make it so it could do that, but it but can climb walls. it can do. <laughs> so it might drop from the ceiling on you. Oh, there's um, quite a few books, isn't there? There's quite a few, and oh. only one of them is in the included library. Oh my god. This, this is why I'm saying I'm conflicted about what to do with my next credit. So, book 4.5, which should be a, a, a short middle one, is 27 hours. Yes, yeah, so there's lots of little novellas as well. Oh. So, you get a couple of the novellas in this book one and two as well. Oh, that's cool. And, like, they go to set up a bank account for Casey in the, the, the bank that deals with villains. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds um, so fun. It's so cute, oh God, and she I'm gives so all, she gives all the rats and the, all the zombies names, um, and stuff like that. So she the rats are called rats are called like Rembrandt and stuff. <laughs> I love that. It's honestly, <sighs> I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. It got me through quite a busy period. Again, this is like what I've been listening to at work. Yeah. Um, it's very entertaining. That sounds so fun. I'm bumping that up my list. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah, I think it's on par with the Waldo ones. I might have even enjoyed it more because mm. it's a bit faster paced. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that sounds really good. Yeah, I'll probably be talking about that in a wrap up soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Do you know what else I'm going to be talking about in a wrap up soon? Go I've on. not started it, but I'm I'm 
going to read it soon. The Heaven's Official Blessing. Yes. Um, I know one of our listeners who is also a friend of mine will be very, very pleased. Yeah. Because you, you made it sound so cool. And then yeah. a YouTuber I follow, a booktuber, read it as well. And I was like, oh, is that that same book? And Every... then I checked with you and you were like, yeah. Every paperback is 15 quid though. Yeah, right. So that's why I haven't read any more. No. But they they're really pretty. Kindle, I think. Oh, no. Or um, my boyfriend uses some like... Uh, he uses some things to read Asian fiction for free and I can't remember what it's called he uses a bunch of apps get him to hit me up yeah because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I that's I, why I haven't read more I had to flick through and look at like some of the images and I'm like mm. this is so beautiful this, they're really beautiful books and all of the covers are stunning so mm. the the booktuber I was following who was reading it I think she's just picked up book mm. three and oh my god the cover on that yeah yeah um, so don't look at uh, the illustrations in book, apparently there are spoilers. Oh, okay. So just look at covers. This is what my friend advised me, that there's spoilers along the way. If you look at the illustrations that people oh, I did have inside. a fl- flick through, but yeah. I didn't like properly investigate. Mm. Um, and don't look up fan art, apparently it's very spoilery. Oh, okay. That one, that's the one she's mm. on where they're like, picture of two people underwater. Yeah. Obviously you might know who they are, but I just think that's such a pretty cover. <laughs> when she was reading it, I was like, that looks like a really cool um, manga. And then I realised it wasn't a manga and then it clicked. That's the one that you read. And I was like, oh my God, I knew that. So yeah, I have that and I'm going to read it soon. Uh, should we, so, should we talk about the one that I nearly finished or leave it for next time? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I nearly finished Twisted Love by Anna Wang. Oh, have you started reading that series? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's a bit of uh, just on a whim because I've realised they're all on the included. I was going to say, um, is it on not included or unlimited? Un- unlimited. Yeah. So let me. I'll read the description. Oh, I don't like those covers with the people on them. I like the covers. Yeah, um, Storygraphic's got the. Oh, when I looked, it's just come up with that one. Yeah, no, I prefer the blue, like blue cover, one. not the. The um, what what are they Rudy called? Man cover when they make the spicy covers not spicy so you can have them on your bookshelf I can't remember what they're called there is a term yeah, for yeah there's them. a term for it but yeah um okay that's a long description are we ready no <laughs> yeah go for it uh, he has a heart of ice but for her he'd burn the world Alex Volkov is a devil blessed with the face of an angel and cursed with a past he can't escape. Driven by a tragedy that has haunted him for most of his life, his ruthless pursuit for success and vengeance leave little room for matters of the heart. But when he's forced to look after his best friend's sister, he starts to feel something in his chest, a crack, a melt, a fire that could end his world as he knew it. Arva Shen is a free spirit, trapped by nightmares of a childhood she can't remember. But despite her broken past, she's never stopped seeing the beauty in the world, including the heart beneath the icy exterior of a man she shouldn't want, her brother's best friend, her neighbour, her saviour and her downfall. Theirs is a love that was never supposed to happen, but when it does, it unleashes secrets that can destroy them both and everything they hold dear. I just had a little flick through the reviews. I don't know why. Mm. I expected this to just have low reviews. It's, it's, it, there's a lot of really high reviews. I went into this with low expectations because it was supposed to be it's a 300-page easy read on Kindle, and it was free. Mm. I really enjoyed this book. Yeah? Like... I, uh, hence why I've nearly finished it but not finished Caraval. I'm really confused by why I assumed it was... 
because it, it it gets lumped it gets lumped in with these dark romance ones which obviously we're discovering as I've been reading them they're not generally good quality mm. um, so I had really low expectations and it's on a lot of trope lists and I was like this is probably not going to be great okay. it is really readable Ooh. the characters are really enjoyable even that this is one of those times where the icy calculated men has been written written well okay and like there is passion between the couple mm-hmm. despite the fact he's quite cold and calculated and is sort of using her in a way kitty has appeared a wild civil has appeared hey dickhead where are you going i'm just gonna climb over the mic well the beanbag is upside down so that might be you can use my leg as a tree branch if you want can i pick her up will she be yeah, all right she, with she will let you just put her in a place she just won't let you hold her Okay. Right, so sometimes a little lift. Quicker now, to be honest. Yeah. I was thinking it's going to take her a while to yeah. work that out, isn't it? Yeah, she's. I think they're 16 going on 17, or they're 15 going on 16. I don't. They're, they're old. Kitty interlude. Um, I'm just going to close that so you don't try and lick up any. Icing, yeah, she will. Because, yeah, I thought she might. Won't eat her delicious fresh fish that my poor mum keeps making her. But we'll lick, lick your like dinner clean. Yeah, I'll leave that hot noodle, please. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's he's quite well written. He's like quite cold and calculated. Been like this fueled by revenge thing. It makes him quite a passionate person, okay. like big feelings, but like icy dickhead exterior. Okay, and is nothing but respectful. So, like, when he inevitably softens for the mm. female, it makes sense to his character that he did yeah. that, as opposed to, you know, when they're very rare, and then suddenly they're like, oh, I love you, miss. Or all that they're not like, I love you, I love you. He's just like, basically, she gets under his skin. Because mm. he's like, nothing is good in the world, the world is terrible, because he witnessed something quite traumatic when he was younger. So we have we have the ingredients of the tragic backstory TM, which is why he likes he likes rough sex. He's like he's quite kind of uses women for sex. My mum was a prostitute. Uh, no, he watches his whole family get murdered before his eyes. It's always something. Like yeah, that. <laughs> um, and that's he's trying to get revenge on is the person who ordered the hit on his family. Okay. <laughs> um, he has like a genius IQ and the, a photographic memory. Of course. So he never forgets anything. So obviously he never forgets the moment he saw his parents die before his eyes. Mm. Um, so that's his tragic backstory to him. So he's decided, like, everything I destroy everything I love. Basically, because he couldn't save his family, he's decided that he's, like, a curse. Okay. So he has always had consensual, but, like, said to women, like, I don't want to date you. It w- I would just be for sex. That's right. He's, like, re- lays the terms out. Mm-hmm. I, like, up front, he's, like, I like sex that's rough. I will not treat you like a girlfriend. If you don't want that, peace be with you. <laughs> But if they if they sign up for it, then they've signed up for it basically. Um, so it's like yeah, that's where it walks that line of like this is well written by a woman because mm. <laughs> there's consent chat and there's contraception involved. <laughs> that was one of the things I really liked about the neighbour favour. Mm. There was consent and condom chat. Yeah, and I was like. Oh queen <laughs> and it was like it's it's again even with this the sunshiny quite innocent main character he's like when they their relationship changes and starts to develop he's like look i like a certain thing in the bedroom and if you're not up for that i don't want to put you through that mm. peace be with you kind of thing again yeah and she's like oh, 
really that not a funny idea, actually. <laughs> I'd like to quite, quite like to give out. that a go. But then, in the spicy things, there is proper. Also, so he's like, if this gets too much, tap my leg twice mm. to tell me you're done. That Which is, is how these proper that kind of BDSM chat should, should be, be approached. Yeah, yeah. He, there's discussions about lines and what she's willing to do, and like, well, kind of. They're very much like in the moment kind of thing. Of like, yeah. I'm about to do this. But to like, you. if you're with anyone and they are like, "Oh, I'm completely in charge and you can't stop it," that's not correct. Yeah, BDSM. He, so end it. <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, I'm about to do this to you. Would you like the sound of that?" And she's like, yeah. "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's again consent chat made sexy. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. actually a better representation of people who are into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, it's just those things that don't take you out the narrative because you're just like, no one would ever put up with this when you read it. And you're like, it really kind of takes you out. Yeah. This was, he is hot. He is quite, she, she doesn't do any attempt. She's like, with his like business deals where he's quite ruthless, she's like, I don't want to know. Don't mm-hmm. involve me. Keep, me. keep me out of it. Yeah, I'm just here for the Don't behave like that with me. <laughs> yeah. And that any time he does go a bit like cold psychopath on her, she's like, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, goodbye now. Um, Thanks for all the fur, darling. I did boosh a lot up when I was She's literally her. covered in fur. Like, I can <laughs> Sorry, see. cat interlude She's again. She's just been brushed. I was stroking her and now she has lots now of fur loose and she just right left right it all here. over me. There you go. Now you can rub on it. No, I don't want to now. Uh, it's a really enjoyable book. Mm. It's a really easy read. It's a long series though, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think... I think we never see standalones. Oh, really? I, well, that's my impression. I don't know how they could get more out of this story, to be honest. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Series is called Twisted. Mm. Twisted, yeah. Oh, there's lots of um. There's two bonus things for that as well. Um. So, so there are some spicy new scenes, yeah. but it's not one of those books where it's just like fucking with vague attempts to yeah, make so it. So the second one's yeah. got different people. So mother- yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't. I just assumed it was. I don't know what mm. I thought it was, but I didn't think it would be interesting to me. Is all I know. <laughs> yeah, and like, um. There's lots of there's lots of narrative and there's a character arc and like then there's spicy scenes in the mix. Mm. This is not you know it's not erotica disguising itself as romance. Yeah, like it makes sense in the book. Yeah. Mm. Um. And I'm like I'm about forty pages from the end, but there's like there's a bit of a twist ish towards the end, which I kind of felt like it was coming, but. It is kind of quite a surprise, mm. basically. So this is available on Kindle Unlimited, you yeah. say? Okay. Just for I think the whole series is research purposes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I was surprised. Mm. Fully, fully expected it to be shit. Because I was looking for just easy, easy reading. It's still easy reading. Was this going to be like your last attempt at like dark romance? Because I know last time you said you think you were kind of done with it after dinner. Yeah, I don't know. It's just because this was on some other trope list. It was on mm. like I think this was on one bed. So you thought it might be a bit. bit yeah, morally grey. Mm. Like, he, and it does actually fit those, and not in a gross, toxic way. But he's still a dark character. Yeah, he does some quite dark shit. He has some quite dark emotions, but never ever is it directed at her in a harmful way, mm-hmm. in a non-consenting way. So I'm like, this is definitely there we go. written by women. Like, this is passionate, this is passionate, this is romantic, yeah. this is what I'm romantic, but you're supposed to fucking be like. Yeah. Not these ones where he's like, and then I circled this eight times, and then 
<laughs> what Wait. was that in? Oh, that was, that, was, was, that that was Promises and Pomegranates. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh. No, Dylan Vipers, like, the, the passion was believable in them, even if the consent chat was a bit dodge. Mm. As, that's my, I take issue with these ones where, like, why else would you accept that behaviour from someone? Unless there, there has to be a certain amount of passion involved, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just, them attempting to justify it of, like, I feel free in the coldness of his, uh, the fire flame of his. There's no flame. Yeah, what you talk about, mate. Like... Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Oh, that sounds fun. I will potentially check that out then. It was like, that was a nice surprise. I do have was. a long list of what I want to read, but yeah. I will potentially check that out. <laughs> I think if you just want an easy read, it's a little bit fluffy, but a little bit. Gritty-ish, yeah. gritty adjacent. Hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Perfect. That's everything. That was a good little wrap up. I like oh, that. Yeah. Actually, I think it's good to do these um, well, regular was... small ones. It wasn't that small, no. But <laughs> it meant we could really chat about yeah. the books. Whereas yeah. usually when we're trying to fit We've like ten like, books, yeah, in, it doesn't we have work. to power through. Yeah. So yeah, that sounds like a good list from you. I, I yeah. will definitely read some of them. I've been enjoying enjoying reading at the moment. That's what we like to hear. Yes. So. Which is just pursuing books that I enjoy. Like, when you people just... are like, how do you read so much? And I was like, I never read something because it's on the bestseller list or someone said I should. Mm. I read what I enjoy exclusively now. Yeah, so um, I know some people were like, oh, how can you only give out four or five stars? And like, I don't give out stars anymore. But if I did, most of mine would be four or five. Mm. And it's because I now know what I like. So yeah. that's what all I... And I'm very confident in DNFing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm not so good at doing the DNF in, mm. but I'm just not reading something because I feel like I should, or, like, I used to feel quite, like, because I like YA, I like fantasy, I like romance, and it's like, well, now I'm just, why, where's the harm in that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, like, read what you like, and then don't force yourself to read stuff you're not enjoying, and yeah. you'll have more fun. <laughs> Basically, you'll yeah. read more. Um, well, yeah, thank you for joining us today. Um, please uh, connect with us somewhere. We've got Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Please come and say hello on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We would love to have you over there. Um, we also are available on LinkedIn and Facebook. And you can listen to our podcast anywhere you want to listen to them. Please consider like, subscribing, following whatever it is at that particular platform and please do rate us that we would really appreciate that um and share with anyone else you think might like it mm-hmm. um, yeah we will see you, you next week for a to be decided episode <laughs> yeah because we don't plan that far in advance no. <laughs> so speak to you next week love you bye, bye.